It's a little detail, but as I was reading the first reading today, I couldn't help but think, find myself thinking about that. Uh, we, we have the beginning, of course, of the Babylonian exile, how uh, um, uh, Jokichin was uh, taken into captivity along with the, uh, the, the elites, uh, the, not only the king's court, but the uh, artisans and, and various other uh, high-ranking officials and, and uh, the people with the know-how. And all that was left was the people of the land, the poor, the impoverished, the farmers, and, uh, because the, the king, uh, king Nebuchadnezzar left them behind so they would provide for grain. But there weren't any leaders in, in the dearth of leaders, of course. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar decides to appoint a king. And Mataniah, uh, who was his uncle, Nebuchadnezzar's uncle, well, we assume Nebuchadnezzar being an, a Babylonian, uh, his uncle had to be Babylonian, not Jewish. They would have had a completely different, of course, uh, cultic system, uh, pagan, uh, is what we would classify it under, worshiping various other gods. And in order to make it more palatable to the people, he has his uncle change his name to Zedekiah. Now, that just is a little, a little side thing, but Zedekiah means God is my righteousness in Hebrew. So that he would not offend the Jewish people, he takes a Hebrew name. But does that change the reality of who he is? Does that change the reality that he's a puppet king? Does that change anything? It doesn't. And I compare that to today's first or today's gospel passage. That so often we think that if we just take the name, that's all that we have to do. If we just if we just go through a little kind of motion, that's all we need to do. And we see it all the time, right? We we get well, not us, hopefully, but we get just enough of Christianity to say, well, now we're knocking inoculated against it or for it, or whatever it is, just enough. And the fear is that we could stand before the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, and he says, sorry, I don't know you. But Lord, we went to Mass, but Lord, we healed the sick, but Lord, we drove out demons, but Lord, we did this, we did that. I'm sorry, I don't know you. Depart from me. And despite all the good that we've done in the Lord's name, he's going to use a word that should cut to the quick. Depart from me, you evildoers. This is scary, you know, if we want psychological horror. There's, there's nothing I can think that would be more horrible than to say, I, I, you know, I, I, I did all these things, and to have the Lord say, but you didn't do my will. Depart from me, you evildoer. That's scary. Now, should we be terrified? No. Because doing the will of God means doing the will of God. And sometimes that will is, is tricky. Sometimes we, we, you know, I wish God would, at, at her birth, would just say, this is what I want you to do. Make this decision, this decision, and then you're going to do this, and then, and then that. The problem is, 
It doesn't work that way, of course, we know this. And sometimes, because of our sin, we, we don't do the will of God. But thank God, the church, through Jesus, because of Jesus Christ, the church has an answer even for that. If we fail to do the will of God in one decision, we have the great gift of the sacrament of reconciliation that lets us come back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't do your will in this instance, but I want to do better. And the Lord gives us that ability to start over, to start new. And I think that's ultimately part of the will of God, that we keep coming back to him and saying, Lord, I want to do your will. I desire to do your will, whatever it is. And even if we screw up, to come back and say, it's not all the good things that I've done, but it's seeking forgiveness for the, the evil that I've done. So that when we stand before the Lord, we've confessed everything. There's nothing left to confess of the evil except confessing, Lord, I love you. Lord, I desire to do your will. And even if I did great things, I know I did bad things, but I know you forgive me. This is the will of God. And if we have that kind of understanding, there's nothing that should make us afraid. Because after all, as we hear in the other part of this gospel passage, We've heard the will of God. We've heard his words. We set ourselves on solid rock. The rock of the Lord loves us. The Lord forgives us. And the Lord knows that sometimes his will is difficult to understand, difficult to follow. But, but, he always allows us to come back and to ask him again, how do I follow it now?